calm mindset, right? So that you can, because you need to be able to see the, you got to be able to detach from looking at your statement and freaking out. You need to yeah. detach, stay calm and look at it objectively and say, hey, my retirement money, the fully invested money, I'm just going to ride this thing out because it always comes back. It always has come back. And for the money I have on the sideline, I'm going to start to look for opportunities to get in. Right. And... Welcome back to the Max Your Dash podcast. Thank you for listening, liking, and sharing. My name is Steve. I'm here with our usual co-host, Nate, and Mark is back yet again. Um, We're doing a little bit of a different episode today. Um, The first time we're doing this, we're going to do kind of like a market commentary where the three of us um, sit down and kind of talk about what's going on in the market. I know the last couple of days, so we're recording this on January 25th, the Tuesday um, at six o'clock and it's been pretty choppy to start the year. Um, in these last couple of days, it's kind of all been all over the news and social media. So we thought it would be prudent to hop on a call and we can kind of all chat about what's going on in the market and helping our listeners to kind of navigate, you know, why is this happening, what they can do and go from there. So we kind of envision this to be, um, something that we do outside of the regular episodes where we're teaching, you know, themed for that episode, like retirement planning, stuff like that, and just talk about um, things that are going on in the market. But anything to add to that, Nate and Mark? I th- think that's kind of what we aim to do with these these kind of shorter to medium length episodes. No, yeah, I think we, what we, you know, we've been, Steve, you and I have been talking about this for a while that we wanted to, you know, we have a calendar of themes that we're going to cover every month. Yeah. But when things happen in the markets or things happen in the world that are really important that we think impact personal finances, we want to be able to jump on and have a conversation to help educate our, our client base mm-hmm. and our listeners on, on it. Cause it's on their mind. I'm sure I've had multiple friends reach out to me in the last week or two. Hey, what's going on with the markets? What should I do? <laughs> so yeah. I think uh, this is a great, this is a great way to use the platform of podcasting to talk to a lot of people in a short period of time. Yeah. And this is, Mark, Mar- this is Mark's favorite thing to talk about, isn't that right, Mark? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anything with numbers, you know, it gets just really gets my socks going. Yeah, <laughs> socks. Uh, why don't we? Um, I actually like I, I I envision this to just be like a casual conversation, really, guys. Nothing really structured, just so people can kind of hear just our thought our thoughts on the market in general. But Mark. I know you don't have anything prepared technically, but why don't you just answer the question of like, why, why has the market been down this year to start? Like what's going on? Kind of give us the landscape of what's going on in the economy and the market. Yeah. So I think we're starting to see the markets price in these rate hikes or anticipated rate hikes. There actually hasn't been any yet, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Um, we don't know what they're, what the timeline is really on that either, but I think that's what's really happening here is we're starting to price in some some rate hikes and you're seeing these companies with really high price to earnings ratios get banged up pretty good. Um, so you're you know your high growth tech stocks, you know even really yeah. good ones are are getting hit more than than you know even maybe I would have thought that they they would. But I really think that's all that's happening here is we're seeing that get get priced in. 
and there's other things like you know the consumers probably starting to get hit hurt a little bit by these these inflation rates i mean things are costing as everyone knows they, they cost a lot more than they've they've cost recently and you know headline cpi uh inflation is 7.1 percent through december i mean that's that is crazy we haven't seen numbers like that in a very very long time mm-hmm. so I, you know, again i think that's really all that's happening here is we're seeing some of this stuff get priced in but um yeah I don't know that this is going to be something that lasts incredibly long, but I'm not, yeah. I don't want to make a call on that right now, but right. Yeah. We should probably <laughs> well, make think... a disclaimer that we at literally no one knows what's going to happen. Either do we. So we should, you know, like it, we could, we could make as many, you know, guesses about what's going to happen in in general, but all we have to play off is history. Right. Mm-hmm. So, but Nate, what were you going to well, say? <clears throat> no. And I think as a, you know, as a spoiler alert, this episode is not going to be where by by the end of it, we give you your top three stocks you should go buy. Um, but the, <laughs> really, the the purpose of this is that these these times, in my opinion, are like some of the greatest lesson opportunities for investors. And something that I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, you know, one of the new things that has really that really started, I think, in COVID. I mean, people have been day traders for a long time, but mm-hmm. until like Robinhood came onto the scene and some of those platforms, I never used to notice that like all of my friends all of a sudden now are picking stocks. Yeah. And those people, you know, they, they're learning right now. Like, so you look at the indices right now, right? Like the NASDAQ year to date is down like 13 to 14%. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's bad, but that's actually not nearly as bad as what a lot of those stocks are that these people own in Robinhood. Like, you know, you know, some of those tech holdings, it might be down 50 to 70% right now in the last six months to a year. And so this to me is like just such a great opportunity for all those investors and all investors in general. Like every time this happens, it's such a great time to take a step back and learn not only about what, why is the market doing this and some of the mechanics of the market, but also like for you personally as an investor, how to get, how to grow from this, because as I'm sure we'll talk about in the podcast today, like some of the biggest mistakes you can make are letting your emotions get involved right. in your decision making. This is what I was just thinking, because we are not far removed, guys, from March 2020. And, you know, maybe we were even a little scared then because that's never happened to any money manager ever. Right. Like a virus mm-hmm. takes over the world kind of thing. But we're not we're two years removed from that. And if you, quote, lived through that market downturn of those, like, five days, and it, there was a crazy stat. From that March 26th down point, from March 26, 2020 to August 2021, the market was up 98%, <laughs> almost double. And it was, like, the worst crash of all time. So if you just, like, if you're worried right now and you just think about that's what just happened, you should just, like you said, Nate, you should just – this is just be another lesson. You should become more and more bulletproof from this stuff, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. And then if you really train yourself, you get like excited over this kind of thing, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. they go into like, you know, the whole buy the dip type deal. I, I actually kind of think, Mark, what you were saying in the beginning, like tech being down so much, I, th- I think it's healthy just mm-hmm. from a, how high they went, you know, like how much higher could they have gone realistically without having like a come down to earth moment, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a lot of perspective with it. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, it's, it kind of helps the, in these things are actually can be kind of healthy for the market because it gives, 
it brings things down to more, uh, I guess, accurate pricing or, or I guess, yeah, just getting them into the most more appropriate pricing levels for these these equities where they were way, way overpriced. But when they when they get hit like this, it brings them back down to closer to the average PE levels. And I don't know if we're going to get all the way to that level. I kind of hope we don't. But, it, you know, it's it's nice to to get them more in the normal range and, and make them more attractive. I mean, there's there's some stocks out there, really good companies that are that are down in the you know 40, 50, 60, 70 percent range. I don't know what Peloton is is a good one to pick on, but if you, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure they're down like 80 percent or something like that from their all time high. And right, um, but dude, their all time high was what? It was probably nuts because oh, that's yeah. just what everyone was buying. Yeah, like from exactly. a stock perspective. Yeah, exactly. Well, or or, or uh, here's another good example, Zoom. Right. Oh Zoom, yeah. Does, does anybody does anybody think that Zoom video has right. all of a sudden just they, that they're yeah. s- like just a terrible company and a terrible stock right. to like own long term? Yeah. Yet they're in the last year they're down like sixty percent. <laughs> so mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. the thing that people need to understand. Like this is why I think it's such a great opportunity is that a lot of times it's just not as simple as saying like, oh yeah, Zoom Technologies is going to be a great company to own for the next 20 years because it just makes sense. The technology is so good. Everybody's using it. Now it's become like a verb, yeah. right? You always heard like, oh yeah, I'm going to hop on a Zoom instead yeah. of saying I'm going to hop on a virtual conference. Mm-hmm. But things outside of, there's there's more to the picture than just that, right? You could pick yeah. a great company. And if you do hold on to it for a long period of time, I'd argue you will do great. But right. during that, period of time you're going to experience volatility like this and and especially today when it seems like volatility can happen even faster than ever before right um mm-hmm. I, um i was going to ask this to both of you guys because mark this is one of the first things he said um about how like these are all it's so weird how the market is so forward pricing right guys it's like people don't think about that it's like they what's going to happen in six months is like the market is pricing it in now right like there's been no interest rate hikes but the everything's going down now right so Mm -hmm. do you guys think that this is and again this is us predicting what's going to happen in the market it's just good to it's healthy to have the conversation so you can kind of have perspective but do you Mm -hmm. think they're it's going to be priced in and when they actually when there's actually interest rate hikes it won't be as bad like is this the market pricing in interest rate hikes? This last, like, you, know, you said it's down 14% or something like that, the NASDAQ? Yeah, year to date. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no, I, I guess it, theoretically, uh, right? <laughs> I just, theoretically, that's how markets usually work, because they price things in, you know, about six months in advance. And we haven't been leaving, living in normal markets for a while here, but, um, you know, just the speed of things, it's crazy. I mean, you know, his, historically, it take it takes a lot. It took a lot longer to get to you know how far the market's down here in just the first month of the year. Yeah, uh, it's just happening so much faster. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think the speed of things is is kind of crazy. But yeah, theoretically, I mean, supposedly we're pricing this in now, and um, you know, maybe it won't be as bad when hikes actually happen. Um, right. Mm-hmm. And I could even <clears throat> see like them backtracking on that. I, I've been I read way too much on this stuff sometimes and I feel like you guys might too but like I feel like they might like seeing all this happen in the last like month they might backtrack because I don't even know how much the Fed said they like how many interest rates hikes they were going to do or like a tapering perspective but could they even backpedal on what they said they were going to do seeing all this or no yeah they can they, always they always yeah. could 
Yeah, I mean, they 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 could definitely if things I could see like if things get go too far, I could see them becoming a bit more dovish. But um, I don't know if that's really the uh, the best thing. I mean, I think we need we need rates to go back up because it's such a good uh, tool to use if things do get really bad again for for different reasons. It's just right. a it's a it's a way to stimulate the economy. So we kind of need we need them to go up higher. And uh, I mean, there's mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just don't think, I don't see this, this running far too long. And I have, I have some stupid theories on, uh, on some of the stuff that's going on right now, like people being too highly leveraged in accounts on, yeah. on you know, some of these high flyer tech positions that they were doubling down on and they just kind of kept falling. And so, you know, it's very possible. There's a lot of margin calls happening out there and there's people having to sell these stocks, mm-hmm. uh, you know, at a loss, which, you know, that sucks, but um, I I could totally that again stupid theory, but I bet you there's there's some of that going on out there where people were too highly leveraged into these positions and they're getting called on it. Yeah, um, like like what Nate was saying, there was just some crazy trading in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, and I think um that it it, it I don't know Steve if you think it'd be helpful, but I I think to t- I think one thing that people need to understand is like. You know, so I, everyone, I think, understands that inflation is happening. And yeah. but what people might not understand is why does raising rates? Why are why would that also happen when inflation's happening? Like what? Why are why would we raise rates? I don't yeah. know. Everybody really understands that. Do you think it'd be helpful to talk about why? Raising yeah, rates is like I, a way to. And the, yeah. And, the, and I also think we should talk about when rates go up what is the good from that? And also what could be the bad from that? I don't know if you right. think. No. I yeah. Don't... Yeah. I agree. I've always tried to, and Mark jump in on this too. And I've always tried to like struggle the best way of explaining this to a client because like all the inflation and stuff like that, it's, it is very confusing, but the way that I say, the way that I kind of frame it is inflation is um, too many dollars chasing too few goods. Right. And when that overheats, the Fed has to increase interest rates, and they do that because increasing interest rates makes people stop spending, right? Yeah. So then supply can get back to normal mm-hmm. and inflation mm-hmm. regulates itself. But why is that bad for markets? Well, when people stop spending, businesses' revenue go down and things like that. And the reason why tech companies get hit by that more is because tech companies, when you're buying into a growth or a tech stock, you're betting on their future growth. And there's just more uncertainty when interest rates are added into that, right? As opposed to a more value company where they have more stable cash flows right now, as opposed to the cash flows in the future. But essentially, interest rates just make increasing interest rates just stop people from spending. And when people spend less, an economy doesn't do as well, I guess, to put it in the most simple terms i feel like for me what do you think mark no yeah i mean it's 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 just basic supply and demand when you're talking about inflation right so yeah i like the way that you said that i could i could see that being confusing but it's also it also makes a lot of sense but yeah i mean if if there's a lot of demand out there and not enough supply that's going to cause prices to go up you know, be, to, to almost slow down the purchasing. The interesting thing there, you know, my, my understanding, at least up until recently, people have been willing to pay these higher prices and there really hasn't been a slowdown. Right. Um, 
which is which is kind of interesting. So that that can be scary because we could be at like a new standard. And I, I don't know when this was, but we were joking uh, not too long ago. We were over at um, the Thirsty Turtle and chicken wings. It was like. I don't know, fifteen or eighteen dollars. Oh for, yeah, dude. There's for a chicken wings. shortage. Dude, there's a right. cream cheese shortage now too. Did you hear about this? No. There's a cream cheese shortage. No. Yeah, no. Dude, Philadelphia will not let you buy their cream cheese. It's ridiculous. This is crazy. What's but, next? Well, what scares me is if they, if people are willing to to pay fifteen or eighteen dollars for for ten wings. Yeah. Are the are these restaurants gonna lower their prices when their costs go down if, if people have not slowed down their spending, you know, at these current price levels? That it's hard for me to believe. Right. Uh, so we might be setting some new norms for certain things. So that's that's where some of this inflation may not be right. transitory. Um, you know, that there's gonna be some things that hold up. But you know, I guess we'll see how it all plays out. But you know, on, yeah. on the flip side of things, if you know, when, if, and where, when rates are at a higher point, it, it makes it more costly for companies to borrow money, which right. can, can be bad. That can, you yeah. know, that, that can hurt things. Uh, on the note of inflation, um, do you guys just feel, I was saying this to my buddies the other day, do you guys just feel like everything you buy is at least $15? Everything <laughs> I buy is $15 or more. There isn't a thing that you can buy underneath $15 anymore. It's crazy. It just feels like that. I, always, I know that's kind of like always, a hyperbole, but it's just, it's nuts. I always <laughs> say, I say basically the same thing, but a little different. I feel like it's so much easier to spend a hundred dollars say than it, it's ever. Like I can't go to the grocery oh, store without dude. spending a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so, I, I want to, I also want to oh, go ahead, Mark. What were you just saying? <laughs> Well, this this might not be appropriate for this podcast, but um, I I, I, I never no no no. So we so I I never really I haven't been the grocery shopper in our house for a while now, and but my wife's very pregnant, and so I've been going going with her lately to do some grocery shopping, and I didn't realize how much things cost. But anyways, so we I don't, I don't know if it was Saturday or Sunday, and we were leaving the grocery store, and she was getting a little little moody, a little low low blood sugar. So I was like, all right, why don't we run over and get you a, a McFlurry or a milkshake or something from <laughs> McDonald's? How much was so, it? So I don't I don't remember how much it was, but this is Did what, you get yourself did you get yourself a McFlurry? I got I ended up getting a chocolate milkshake. She got a real <laughs> McFlurry. Um, but what was crazy to me, so we're talking about how expensive things are and I made this joke to Lindsay where I was like, wow, they have Big Macs are two for six dollars. Are you telling me that I can go eat two Big Macs twice a day and spend <laughs> sixty bucks a week? Is that is that how that works out, or some, something like that? No, six twelve. So yeah, sixty dollars during the week. If I wanted to eat four Big Macs a day, that is a great deal. It's <laughs> a great. Might be the way to go. Might be the way to go right now. That way, but dude, that they they were cheaper than six, two for six. For sure. uh, they they may have been. I just was shocked when I saw that, and I was just like, man, with how expensive things are, we're right, just dri- driving people to go right to the drive-through. Dude, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but but I think there's also I, I want to point out that um, it, we're talking a lot about it, like rising rates and inflation is a bad thing. It's not all bad, right? So for so for example, one of the biggest like maybe one of the biggest financial issues that we have in the United States today is the fact that social security and pension funds and insurance companies 
have not been able to invest money since 2007 and earn interest, like real interest on safe yeah, assets. I don't think about this. This is and, a good and, point. And, and so think about like how many people are going to rely on their pension or social security or insurance companies that need like safe returns to be able to provide benefits and can't get those returns and in safe investments. So they have to take on risk that they historically haven't had to take to be able to create enough return to pay these benefits out. Mm-hmm. So rising rates is going to actually help things like that. And I, I just think that's important for people to understand because it, it'd be easy. Like this is another, like this is just another example of a thing that's so easy for all of us to get doom and gloom about and like want to take all of our money out of investments because we think this is the next uh, stock market crash, the great depression. And, but th- it's not all bad. There is bad for sure. Like if all of a sudden my, you know, my credit card interest rate goes from 19% to 25%, that's yeah. not a positive outcome, but there are positive outcomes to this. And, and I also think too, that inflation and, and, um, is inevitable, right? Like I've, I know I've noticed with working with a lot of clients that in the last year or two or three that, you know, I'm, I know that there are people that have struggled from COVID, but there's also been a lot of people that I've seen that have had extraordinary outcomes in their personal finances, especially in their income and in their yeah. jobs. And there's a lot of jobs available. There's a lot of money available out there. And so like, so if you make more money, look at businesses know that. It just naturally happens. If I own a if I own a, a hot dog stand and I know that I can charge a couple extra dollars for a hot dog, I'm going to do that. Right. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's just naturally going to happen. And I get it that it's easy to just like complain about that, but it is just kind of the reality. Now, we could go down a rabbit hole of arguing that the way the Fed and everybody handled this thing and the amount of money that was pumped into the economy and all that, like yeah. hindsight's twenty twenty there, but there was also some there was reasons they did that right yeah yeah but here we are right so here we are so moving forward what do we think like i i here's something i thought that'd be cool to talk about on this podcast today was i like to think about if i'm a client and i've got two buckets of money i've got one bucket of money that's already invested in the market my retirement account my 401k or whatever right Mm -hmm. but then i've got a bucket of money that's just cash on the sideline i've been stockpiling savings to me, those are two different strategies that we should talk about. I'd, I'd love to hear all of us talk about what should somebody do with their retirement account right now? And then what should somebody do with the cash that they have sitting on the sidelines? What do you guys think about that? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wait, can I, I think I just quickly just summarize what we just said. So someone knows. So like we're talking about high, high inflation. There's been a lot of high inflation. So the market is essentially going down because of there's going to be high interest rates, which there's trade-offs for that kind of stuff like you were just talking about, but markets usually tend to take that um, not so well. So just higher interest rates are making there be volatility in the markets right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, go go ahead, Mark. I just wanted to summarize that. Yeah, no, I I mean, just sorry, I got to take a step back here. I lost lost my train of thought. so I think that the market has proven if you if you kind of look at I'm just looking at a chart here over the last 42 years, but it, the market has proven that it rewards investors for staying in the market. And if you if you look at I'm looking at this chart, it's 42 years long and I don't see a year where there was not intra year market declines. There were years where it was smaller. You know, there were some times where it was only like 
3% or something like that. But I mean, the mo- most recent, and I don't not, not to say this is anything normal, but in, you know, the, the COVID crash or whatever you want to call it, the market was down 34% at one point, right? And, and finished up, up 16%, right? Um, but it, so anyways, you know, if you're looking at all these years, 32 of the 42 years, positive returns, right? So about 75% of the time, 80% of the time. Um, and every one of those had intra-year market declines. So on your invested money, the market has proven that it rewards investors for staying the course. So it's good to be a long-term investor um, when you look at it that way. When and, and you're talking about the when you're talking about the cash side of things, it's gonna re, it's rewarding you right now as well. So for the smart investor who doesn't run away when things are going down and they they I guess run towards it, um, it's gonna reward those that buy the dollar cost average into the market as things are falling. And I mean, the reality is, is we're going to, we're going to hit a bottom at some point here. I don't know if it's going to be in two months, if it's going to be in two days, but we're going to hit a bottom and it's going to reward the people that kept buying into the market while it was falling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think another great talking point on that note is like, like, like the fantasy is, is for, for an investor right, is that you buy at the bottom and then you sell at the at the absolute top and, like, mm-hmm. you get to go brag. Oh, dude, we do that all friends. the time here. We do that all the time <laughs> yeah. here. That's all we do. <laughs> we hey, come to us. We know exactly how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, disc- disclaimer, we can't do that. Um, <laughs> but, but, like, right, like, that's the fantasy that everyone wants to – I how it, it brings in this, like, human bias that we have that, like, you know, that you, there's, there's, you want that status to be able to tell your friends that you, how much money you made in, in an investment. And that's just never going to be a good way to think about investing. Like, cause you're going to be wrong mm-hmm. if you try to do that stuff. Right. And um, one thing that I'd love to point out is that every year there's an independent research company called Dalebar that does a study to where they research like over the last 10 or 20 years how have investors done compared to the market and i'm just looking at it right now and over the over the last 20 years i think it's the last 20 if not it's it's very close but in a 60 40 stock to bond portfolio the average market has done 6.4 percent per year the average investor has done 2.9 percent and they've been doing this study since i don't know when but it's been a long time like I got into the industry in 2008 and I remember learning about it my first year in the industry. It's been around a long time. And it's always the same story that the average investor gets like a third yeah. to a half of what the market performs. So why, why is, is that? Yeah. yeah why is I was that? Bit, this is my dude. Perfect. I was literally about to ask what you guys think the biggest mi- mistake an investor can make right now, these last couple of weeks, these next couple of weeks, I think, those are two of the same answers, great, right? Great question. Yeah. It's the same answer, I would imagine. Right, Mark? Why don't you answer it? Well, yeah, it's, it's, it's trying to time the market. We were joking about being able to, to time the bottom and the top, but the only way to know when those were is, in hi- is to look back in hindsight. Right. So yeah. it, it's impossible. So stop trying to time the market. The other yeah. thought that's kind of been running through my mind here is when, uh, be, before 2020, uh, was that one? Yeah, 2020. Um, when was investing supposed to be this exciting and fun thing to do? It, it was, it's not supposed to be, 
it's not supposed to be these crazy hundred percent type of returns yeah. throw a throw a dart at the board and any stock you pick is going to go up 50 mm-hmm. to a hundred percent it's never mm-hmm. supposed to be like this and mm-hmm. you know people are getting right now getting rewarded for not being individual stock pickers they're being rewarded for being diversified and mm-hmm. we're seeing i think this is cool we're seeing a, a bit of a reversion to the mean and I think it was overall good for people to be learning about investing, but the reality is, is that you're probably going to learn most from when you're wrong. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to see a lot of people learning a lot of things right now about, you know, the, the people who are the most wrong are going to learn the most. Yeah. Steve, what what was that? I think we did a social post not long ago about how like, the best days have occurred within the worst days, like, like really quick. Like, do you remember, do you remember that? Uh, I think think that I remember the intro days. Go ahead. All right. So, so this is why investing is so hard and why like, like, cause I've, I've, I've had a lot of conversation over the years where clients like in a situation, like we're in today in the market, they'll be like, yeah, I think I'm just going to, I'm going to wait a little bit longer. I think it's going to go down further. Right. And one of the, the, like, so that's, all right, that's cool. I get it. That's your theory. But in reality, what happens is that things happen so quickly, right? So maybe tomorrow the market goes down 4%. Mm. And then you're thinking at the end of that day, like, oh my God, it's going to keep going down. So like, I'm going to wait it out another day or two. Right. And then, but then the next day it might pop back up 5%. Right. Mm -hmm. And so one, like, so I'm looking at a stat right now, seven of the best 10 days occurred within two weeks of the 10 worst days hmm. right so like the second worst day of 2020 was march 12th it was immediately followed by the second best day of the year yeah so so think about it like if you're sitting on you know a bunch of money on the sidelines in cash and you're trying to figure out all right i'm gonna get in I, i'm gonna get in today or tomorrow or this week sometime and that's how fast things can whipsaw that's yeah. why it's so hard and that's yeah. why, like, at the end of the day, you just got to be disciplined about it. And right. you got to stop trying to be cute. You get Like, it's not about being the smartest person in the room that you can go brag to your buddies about, about timing it perfectly. What's your discipline? Like, yeah. how, how, what's your system for getting invested so that you don't have to play that game of emotionals up, you know, the yeah. highs and lows of investing? Yeah, I always think, too, from, like, from an emotional standpoint, the longer you extend out your time horizon, the the lower your emotion around it should be, mm-hmm. right? Like if you needed that money that you were investing next year, you're going to probably be pretty emotional, right? If you need it in 20 years, you probably don't care, right? I always like say like zoom out and think about it like that because Mark, for example, like what what should a like – if someone is in like for someone who's nearing retirement or in retirement, how is this a different conversation for someone who's like just building wealth? You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's all about their asset allocation and stuff like that, because it's different from someone who has 30 or 40 years to save. Well, that, that depends on your perspective. So, you know, the, the, the person who is retiring today and they're 60 years old, still has potentially 30 to 40 years of investing left. So (laughs) I guess, you know, from that perspective, it doesn't really matter, right? They still have to be investing for the long haul. Um, They should have hopefully a good, you know, income plan in place where there's cash, there's, there's money that, you know, is, isn't taking as much risk to cover their next few years. But the reality is, is that 
you know, it's going to be different for every person, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. We we've seen this over the long haul, just seeing, you know, that over time it's proven true that things just continue to trend upwards, even though there's massive, uh, years where the, where it is down. Right. I, I want to get both your guys's, um, this would probably get close to wrapping up here. I want to get both your guys's best tips to get through market volatility as an investor. Um, Nay, I want you, unless you have one different, but I want you to do like give like something about developing a good habit or something you can do, whether it's dollar cost average or something like that, because I feel like this all comes down to what you were just saying is building a system or a habit for you to get emotions off the table. But I want to get both of your guys's number one tip of surviving volatility because it's going to be volatile for the rest of the year, I'd imagine. Yep. <laughs> um, so... Who's going first? Who's going first? Yeah, so, yeah, so I think I'll go first. Um, I I, I want to go back to what I said earlier about like I I, I want to bifurcate retire like your the money that's already invested that's going through this downturn right now versus like cash on the sidelines. And so for the investor who's got money invested already in the market, right? Like your four hundred one k, let's say. The the habit is don't look at it. Just mm-hmm. ride this thing out. Right. Like that's just the only solution. And it and and by the way, go find me a period in history going back to the beginning of the stock market where it didn't always come back. It's never happened. Okay. Yeah. So this don't worry about it. Right. Unless your time horizon is you're retiring in three months from now, which I would hope that you had already had a financial plan (laughs) that, that didn't have your money fully invested in stocks already. But like, just don't worry about it, right? So the habit for those people with your money already invested in the market is that this thing always comes back. So you need to just kind of put a blind eye to it and not worry about it for a time period. The mm-hmm. best thing you can do is with the money you have on the sideline and look at things like an, an opportunity, look at this like it's a great opportunity. And um, I don't have necessarily a great habit, but I, I think the habit is that I would love for people to have is to develop is to continue to develop the mindset around staying calm during chaos. Right. And that is a habit you can work on. Right. So you can actually work on as an investor right now, like how to get become better because this is going to happen to you, you know, every three to five years, probably where there's going to be some sort of, you know, downturn in the market. So you're going to need to become a person who can stay calm during tumultuous times. And, and by the way, like if you've got cash on the sidelines and you're doing a great job of building up your savings while also investing, it presents tremendous buying opportunities. And, you know, we talked about like the indices, the NASDAQ being down 13 or 14% year to date. Um, There's like, if you drill down further to some other asset classes, like mid cap growth, it's they're down way more than that. So, you know, if you still think Zoom Technologies is a good company to have forever, like that, those are examples of like great buying opportunities for investors when the market's down. So I think the habit that I would love for people to to develop is that calm mindset, right? So that you can, because you need to be able to see the, you got to be able to detach from looking at your statement and freaking out. You need to yeah. detach, stay calm and look at it objectively and say, hey, my retirement money, the fully invested money, I'm just going to ride this thing out because it always comes back. It always has come back. And for the money I have on the sideline, I'm going to start to look for opportunities to get in. 
Right. And yeah, uh, don't, but don't, don't get cute. Don't try to be the smartest person on the planet. Right. You know, just, just get in, <laughs> like work with right. your advisor, but get in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I have a good way to um, help with that. Like how, how do you stay calm? So what one of, I think, I guess this will be one of my tips is have, have a, a set of questions to ask yourself when things are going crazy to be able to, to get yourself in the right mindset. And I, I remember talking about this nearly two years ago where you need to ask yourself a few questions. Did your goal change? Did your time horizon change? Did your risk tolerance change? Mm-hmm. Those questions are probably the answer to those questions are probably all no for anyone who's worried right now. And the second piece would be to, to take the optimistic view. I think it's I think it's hard to be a perpetual optimist. I mean, we're Nate's a Bills fan. I'm a Packers fan. We both just lost. It's hard to stay <laughs> optimistic after that. Right. But the reality is, is like if you can if you can answer those first three questions to get yourself in that calm, calm state of mind. Did your goal change? Did your time horizon change? Did your risk tolerance change? you should be able to then move to being optimist and, you know, take an optimistic view. And and that is that this is a great buying opportunity. This is a great opportunity to buy things at a point that they're cheaper than they were, you know, the the day before. And then this is, you know, maybe a side note, but understand where we are. The NASDAQ's back to where it was in June. The S&P's back to where it was in October. And the Dow is back to where it was at the beginning of December. I mean, is this really that, were you freaking out then when it was at that price point? Probably not, right? And, you know, maybe the NASDAQ will retreat back to the beginning of 2021. Big deal. It's still, it's still going to have been up probably 50% over the the, the previous two years, right? Yeah. You know, so I think, I think it's just, you know, you need to reframe the situation again, not, not easy to do, but if you have a, a set of things to ask yourself, that's a good yeah. way to, to get yourself in the right mindset. It, it's so crazy, guys, right? Like we say investing is 90% emotions. And Nate, I think you'll have something to say about this. What you guys just said is you are essentially training your brain to think irrationally, right? I'm losing money. The market is down. So I shouldn't freak out and I should do it more. <laughs> I should yeah. buy more, right? You're think, mm-hmm. you're, you're, so your brain automatically wants to think like my account is down everything's looking bad. This is bad. I should be freaking out, but you should really be thinking the opposite and that's irrational, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's, it's crazy so, and you do it so much, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no. So I'm going to give you a perfect, perfect uh, example of a, a client that I was recently working with. So <clears throat> this, this client, um, you know, the, and, and one of the things that I, by the way, I just want to say as a side note, one of the things that makes me so angry about the world that we live in today is that there is not enough education to human beings about personal finances. Mm-hmm. Like you don't learn how the stock market works in high school. You don't learn it in college. You don't learn it anywhere unless you're a finance major or maybe you have you just are lucky enough to have parents or somebody that can mentor you right. along the way. Yeah. And so here's an example of just a, a lack of education, right? So a, a client that I uh, work with, um, you know, prior to working with me in when COVID happened, they were scared, right? So they they saw the, the headlines of the market is, the, it's the fastest downturn in the history of the market, right? 
and then what happens right is like coworkers you start talking to coworkers and you get you, the fear mongering starts and so this person took their 401k completely to cash oh. all right so they got out of their all of their funds went completely to cash mm-hmm. and then i met with them recently for the first time ever and got it reinvested but guess what's about to happen <laughs> right? right so that person experienced all the losses of March 2020, wow. missed all the upturn of 2020 and mm-hmm. 2021. We get it back invested now. By the way, the time horizon is like 30 years, and and that and then they're probably going to experience some downturn again. But what her, that account would have been worth maybe double right. what it right. was by the time I met. Because why she she just didn't have the education yeah. that she so needed true. to know. That, oh, yeah, this is just normal, right? Like, yes, it's not normal that it's a virus that's causing it. And and what's happening in the world is not normal. But you know what's normal is volatility. And it, 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 the next one might not be a virus. It'll be something crazy. But there's always going to be some sort of craziness that's going to cause headlines. It's going to cause fear. Yeah. And it's going to cause you to want to panic. And then you make that mistake. And it can be – and it is the, the it is the biggest mistake investors make. And going back to that Del Bar study, study – it's the reason why the average investor captures half of what the market typically does because mm-hmm. you get you let your emotions get in the way. Yeah. Dude, that's such a good point. It it is crazy and we probably all have stories about that what what happened and I I can't imagine how many people did something like that. That's just why like education on this stuff is definitely mm-hmm. important because it it, may, it has such an effect on your long-term wealth picture because like that is those are the years that give you the 10 to 15% overall. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like years like that of just staying invested. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yep. my my hope for that the my hope is that this podcast is the biggest waste of time that we've ever done because we just went through craziness in the market and we just had all of these conversations with our clients. And I hope they it's it's I hope it was recent enough for them to remember what happens when you stay the course. Right. <laughs> and I always just try to I always try to remind them, like, we had a great last two years, like record last two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. And no one's no one's making podcasts about how amazing it was and stuff like that. We're making podcasts. Like, what do we do now when it's down? You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like so crazy. You just try to remind us like, OK, the, the Nasdaq's down 14 percent right now. But what happened to it in 2020 and 2021? I don't even know. Mm-hmm. It was something crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, the, over the last 10 years, the market, the S&P 500 was only up or was, was up more than 10% eight out of the last 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, wasn't just a little bit either. The last three, 29, 16, and 27. Yeah. I mean, God, that's Nuts. crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but what people might be thinking in their heads is, well, then maybe I should have gotten out, and I should this. We knew this was coming, so why why would we have stayed in this whole like why like why didn't we sell last year? Mm. What would your response to? Because it's it's impossible to. Oh oh, go ahead, Mark. Why why wouldn't we sell last year? Yeah, why why didn't we sell last year? I mean, it's been so good for so long. Why didn't we just? We knew this was well, coming, right? The, the the one thing I know for sure is that I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's impossible to time. Yeah, yeah. We knew it. We knew it was going to happen. They said after it happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you have to really like, we have to all understand 
that like my passion on all of this is like the human psychology side of it. And we all have bias, right? Like I thought that I knew for sure that, <clears throat> you know, I could, I could bet on Stefan Diggs scoring a touchdown last weekend and it didn't happen. Oh. That was my bias getting in the way. Like there's, we, whatever you think is going to happen, probably the opposite is going to happen. And that's why being diversified is the rule. That's why dollar cost averaging is the rule. That's why, you know, saving a set percentage is the rule. Like you need to have your, you need to have those rules for yourself in place and, and, and try to set it up so that it's automated and disciplined so that you can eliminate your own flaws as a human being of which are going to, your bias is going to get in the way, you know, and, and you know, it's one of the worst things that happened. I think too, guys from 2020 and all the, the Robin hood investors and stuff like that is that it was one of the most obvious low hanging fruit opportunities of all time to invest and make money. And then what happens? You get cocky, right? You get cocky. You think that you're good at this, right? You look at your portfolio and you bought X, Y, and Z company at the bottom and you made a bunch of money. And then you get that recency bias of thinking you're really good. You get that overconfidence and then you start to take more risk and it's going to make you pay. Yes, it always does. I mean, yeah. go listen to the best people in the business for years talk about it. And it's it, it comes down to who has the best systems and the best discipline in place to be able to ride the ups and downs and stay calm and not panic and not try to do not try to get cute. Well, I think I think what happened is that and people are kind of learning from this is that people were buying stock in companies that were a long term investment with a short time horizon. You don't yeah. buy a long-term investment with a short time horizon, period. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's it's so point. simple. And then, you know, the things you were talking about, Nate, where there were just control the controllables. You only you can you can know what percentage you need to put in. You can have a plan to, to you know, what day of the month, whatever, all those things. And you can have a plan for if things go wrong, but you can't control what's going to happen in the market. You can't time what's going to happen in the market. So just do focus on what you can control. And this is a lot easier, you know, and, mm -hmm. and our, our job and in investing doesn't have to be so hard, but people are irrational and we're, we're, I think we're hardwired to, to live this fight or flight thing. And right yeah. now people are, yeah. are thinking it's time to run because things are, yeah. are bad when you really need to go against the way you're hardwired and, and do the opposite of what your gut's telling you right now. It's one of the only times in, in life that you got to do the opposite of what your gut tells you. Yeah. Yep. And and one one last thought that I have is, you know, I, I want to try to like we the three of us were in this game all day, every day. Like we're talking about this topic all day, every day. And I understand that most of the people that are out there, again, they, they don't they never were fortunate enough to maybe get the education that they need. And I want to be empathetic to that. Like, I don't want this to sound like, you know, we're saying Hey, idiot! You should have like you shouldn't care about this. No, like, it's hard. If you want it's to have, hard. if you want, it is hard, and it it's your life savings, and we totally understand that. And I want to be empathetic of that. I want people to know, like, look, the greatest value of a financial advisor is that you can have a conversation with somebody who's really knowledgeable on finances to help you get to make the right decision, to to detach from what you're emotionally feeling and make the right decision, and. You know, that's what we're here to do for people. So yeah. mm -hmm. um, I think it'll be interesting to see how I mean, it's only January. I feel like it's June with I, I'm 
Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I feel like it's so crazy. It's not even the end of the first month, but maybe this is it. Maybe this is all we're going to see that's bad, but... Um, a lot of opportunity. A lot of opportunity. Yeah. I was going to say, there's probably a lot of listeners here that didn't get the rewards of the, the COVID crash. Right. And hey guys, this is your this is your opportunity to reap some of those those opportunities those gains again. So right, it's time oh, to get going. Not, yeah, we're not telling you to buy directly, but uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely it's always good to do that. I think to, for a shameless plug for our uh, social media too, if you guys liked listening to this or if this was helpful or you want the TLDR version, go to our Instagram dash Capital Advisors. Um, and we've just had a bunch of posts on this, like the last couple week or month that you guys can read through. It's really helpful. It's just kind of reiterating what we just talked about. Um, but it'll probably be easier for you guys to read through that and feel free to connect with us and shoot us a message. If you have any questions or stuff like that. But if I think this is something we're going to hopefully continue doing, if there's something that goes on in the market, um, that we can hop on one of these quick, we want to have a quick turnaround. So we recorded this the 25th. Ideally, this will be out to you guys. Um, the 26th or at the latest, the 27th, um, just cause we know how timely this stuff is and it's, it's on the mind of everything. I had fun. It was, it was fun to talk about it guys. It's good for us to talk about it. And hopefully, you know, like Nate said, there's not enough education around it. So this, this is just one of those things that hopefully people listen to and found value in it and they, they learned something too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, anything to add guys before we wrap up? Mm, no, stay the course. Stay the course. Be disciplined. All right. Cool, guys. Well, thank you for listening to Max Your Dash podcast, everyone. We will catch you in the next one. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Security America Advisors, Inc., Dash Capital Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.